ITL presents Retail Talks. Hi everyone and welcome to Retail Talks. I'm Sabine Watson, your host for today and Global Brand Manager at ITL Group. And joining me on today's podcast are my colleagues from around the world. We've got Stefan Lintz in Germany, Laura Donath in the US and Hayley Solomon in the UK. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, Hi Sabine. Hi. So we're here today to talk about the impact this pandemic COVID-19 has had for brands, retailers, the fashion industry in different areas of the world over the last year. And essentially, I think the question that we're going to discuss and try and answer is one year on, what's changed, what hasn't and what's next? But before we get stuck in, let's go around the, the room, the virtual room, and quickly have each of you introduce yourselves. And let's start with, with you, Laura. Hi, my name is Laura Donath, and I'm a senior account executive in North America, and I'm based in the New York City area. And I've been with ITL, it will be three years in May. Oh, God, three years already. I can't believe it. I can't. I, I had to... Make sure that was right. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And um, and Haley, how about you? Hi, hi guys. I'm Haley Solomon. I'm based in the UK, but I actually work from London. And I've been with ITL for just over three years now. So I probably joined probably similar around the same time as you, Laura. And and then Stefan, you're also also fairly new actually to ITL. I'm also fairly new. I'm just past the two years. And my name is Stefan Linz. I'm senior sales manager in Northern Europe, taking care of the Northern European market and based, let's say, in the in the Düsseldorf region in Germany. In Bochum. Did I in say Bochum, it? that's it. Bochum. Yes, brilliant. So, guys, I'm really excited about today because obviously, so Haley and I are here in the UK. So we, we often talk about the UK market and we obviously read what's going on in the news. But it, it's really it'll be really interesting to hear your opinion on, on how things have changed or not and, and what's to come based on based on where you are. So let's kick off with the first big question. What's changed, in your opinion, since COVID happened a year ago? And... Okay, let's let's mix it up this time. Let's start with you, Stefan. COVID had a deep impact on retail and fashion industry in Germany and in the northern European markets, obviously, as shops were closed and everybody needed to find new steps how to be presented in the market. And that's how um, things moved in our in the request of our customers. So mm -hmm. we have the, the movement towards RFID because the omni-channel part was so important and RFID labels are offering the customers to bear, be better in omni-channel. The requests um, from the customers were much higher than the years before. As well, sustainability. Sustainability moved to a really key topic in the, in the um, discussions with our customers. Hmm. Is anybody else experiencing the same thing as Stefan's saying? Yeah, definitely in the States, I think RFID is really important because in the very beginning when things were really awful and stores were closed, people were going online to buy. But now it's morphed into a hybrid of both, you know, shopping online and then going to the store to pick it up. And inventory accuracy is more important than ever. And RFID gives you that for sure. And I think sustainability, I mean, in the big retail giants here, it's almost a given, it's expected. And I feel like 
it's a result of the of the bigger picture of people becoming softer and more caring and thoughtful and mindful just in general after this year and just seeing what has happened uh, to the world and how can we somehow make a difference and sustainability in the apparel industry is one way and I think that's why people are really responding to it differently. I mean a few years ago it was merely a conversation and now it's become okay, you have this, but what's next, you know? So I think just as a bigger picture, people are just becoming more concerned and thoughtful. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that completely, Laura. It's um, it's interesting, isn't it? I think my, my sense is exactly the same as yours, definitely a lot more thoughtful. Now we've moved on, whereas uh, several years ago, you know, you probably had to try and drive the idea of sustainable options in front of your customer. You don't have to do that anymore. Now, no. Is kind of coming a standard. They expect you to to come together from the offset of the brief with uh you know some new ideas which are sustainable um, options. Obviously matching and meeting what they want aesthetically, but they do want that as standard. And omnichannel, just kind of going both back to what both of you were saying. I totally agree with that. We've sort of seen that the growth online through the pandemic, absolutely extraordinary. And especially for the brands that are uh, that have like really, really strong direct-to-consumer models, they've probably sparred the best. And we've sort of seen what's happened with a lot of the brands here that are based in the UK. And I'm pretty sure it would be the same for, you know, in Germany, Zalando, uh, in the US, Nordstrom, in the UK, we've got sort of ASOS, etc. We've just seen how, how well they've done because of their model so therefore i guess for them as well fulfillment centers will be more important that's where rfid sort of lends a hand so it makes sure obviously kind of get the right products in the right place and get it to the right customer quite quickly yeah. but yeah it's, it's it's great i kind of feel as if we've moved on very quickly you know that there's always that talk about the pandemic sort of accelerating what would have happened yeah. potentially in the next sort of three to five years and instead actually it's happened much more quicker so it's, it's a really good opportunity for us now to kind of help sort of drive that yeah, I totally agree with that, Haley. I feel like people were thinking about it and getting there. And the and the the retailers in the US that had a very strong online presence fared okay. And the ones that didn't really suffered this past year, if not completely went out of business. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have happened naturally anyways, but yeah. it's like COVID kind of accelerated so many things to get us to where we are today. Yeah. It was kind of happening and grumbling and and now we're here in in, in so many in almost every way. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting how close the whole world is getting together. Uh, I I would say if we have had this talk two years ago, there would have been much more differences between the, the, the markets. And now we are getting so close together because everybody is facing the same issues. And in the end, the the solution for everybody is the same. And the whole pandemic was bringing the world a little bit closer to each other from my point of view. Yeah, I agree. And Stefan, that's a really good comment that you make there because Haley, we did a podcast together with, with Jimmy and Mel, I think it was actually, not long after the pandemic hit and we talked about sustainability. And in it, you you mentioned something that's really relevant to what, to what Stefan's just said here in that, in the past, yes, retailers have wanted to, to have more sustainable alternatives, but the cost associated to it wasn't always welcoming, we'll say. But now, because everybody's in the same boat, everybody wants um, sustainable alternatives, the economy of scale mean that it's become more affordable as well. Do you guys think that 
that's off the back as well of the pandemic that we'll be able to see even greater economies of scale? And are your customers willing to invest more in sustainability? I, I think they're willing to, as long as it's not over the top more expensive, I think they're absolutely, I'm doing a lot of costing exercises right now just to do a comparison apples to apples. And there's baby steps you can make into sustainability that aren't that much more expensive. And I think our customers are looking to us to find those solutions. You know, maybe they can't go full on sustainable, but maybe, you know, they can make a simple switch or an easier switch that isn't such a big price increase. And people are absolutely wanting to do that and and planning on doing it. I think as well that the whole thing about taking care of, of this planet came to the mind of the people much more than it used to be a couple of like maybe two years ago. And also the, the little step, like you said, Laura, with what we can offer with intelligent, with um, with an with a system to introduce the customers how they can improve their packaging to be more sustainable without big investments. Mm. That is helping a lot. Actually, that's helping for me here in the German and Northern European market, help, helping a lot to get in touch with customers and trying to teach them how they can be more sustainable without a cost expl explosion. Ste Stefan, do you want to just explain a little bit more about how Intelligent works? Yeah, uh, yes. Um, actually, the whole um, Intelligent system works that we take a, a current branding all over the places. So we t to look to the tickets, hang tags, we look to the woven labels, and we try to find out how we can adjust the label slightly in, in size mainly to have less wastage, which makes it directly more sustainable. And on this, we in general um, come to the result that we have cost savings and the cost savings, then most of the customers like to reinvest into more sustainable products. So they have the same cost, slightly higher cost maybe, and uh, be much more sustainable. And also another simple change that won't break the bank on either end is consolidating, consolidating your labeling. Yeah, that's um, so true. You know, just kind of maybe putting it all in a heat transfer rather than having four different labels on a garment. And if you have a water-based heat transfer, which we've always had, that in of itself is a sustainable product. Interesting that you mentioned consolidation because that seems to be one of the way forward that a lot of brands are doing right now. They, they have they have so many subcategories, you know, they have children's mm -hmm. wear and women's wear, men's wear, and even within there, you, they've got their whatever night out range, then their fancy dress, then they're all that stuff, but they're all consolidating them now so that you don't have it for them from a cost perspective as well. It makes sense, right? Because economies of scale again, but we are seeing them, at least I'm seeing them to do that. Hayley, what do, what do you think? Yeah, so I've got I've got a bit of a frog in my throat, <laughs> a green frog, a sustainable frog. Um, <laughs> I, I would say much of the same. Absolutely, I think they're still they definitely brands are definitely consolidating, but still it's it's branding, right? So they still want to make sure that um, that it has a sort of aesthetic appearance to enhance the garments or the product, whatever it might be. So that's kind of where I, I think sort of intelligent kind of comes into it, which Steph, I'm sort of just explaining now. 
I'd say that when you sort of talk about costs, that's quite interesting because actually I'd say it's more about value. And I think the brands are potentially sort of thinking more about the value to their business. I think that that North Star now is about CSR goals and making sure that the business is sustainable. They want to be able to kind of shout out and say to their customers and their consumers that they're saving its amount of sheets this year by taking off a meal or two off their swing tickets or, or using less yarn or, you know, looking at other fabrics, for example. So I think that sort of becomes, it's at least starting to become, should I say, a little bit more important than cost. And actually, there's not a huge difference between something that's actually a more sustainable option or not, because there are changes that you could do, i.e. through actual fabrics and products. Also, there's changes through intelligence. So we, we are kind of finding ways around and sort of trying to find that medium for for those brands out there but but yeah I, I think it's just a, a real sort of general consensus that that CSR and responsibility and being sustainable not just about product also people place the planet the world let's also kind of bear in mind that you know if we all kind of start using uh, soybeans for for printing ink for example then that obviously would deplete the resources for animals that eat for it, soybeans and, and those forests that are out there so it's all it's all a bit of a balancing act and I think that as a business we've you know every single day actually we're learning something new and I think that's probably the biggest change that I've seen and I'm really excited by that the fact that everyone I've sort of spoken to and everyone I'm sort of uh, listening to maybe on podcasts what I'm reading they're all saying we are learning together and everyone's very transparent about that learning process and we're all sort of sharing ideas and ways of working and by doing that actually helping us all become a lot more sustainable. I, I agree with you completely and I think what makes a big difference as well is if you if we are now speaking to the customers the difference again to pre-pandemic time is that now really customers are listening. Now we are much more in discussion with the customers and try to help them. So the part of being a partner at the table became more and more important. Yeah, I'd like to add to that, to what Stefan just said. It does seem like people are more than ever looking for those partnerships and those relationships and trust and authenticity and transparency. And I think ITL has always offered that to customers. We have a family type of vibe with our customers. And I think people are looking for that more than ever, creating those relationships uh, that are based on trust because this past year was so hard on everybody personally and from a business point of view. I think the fact that ITL was willing to work with every single customer because we have stability and flexibility, I think our relationships and our partnerships have just gotten stronger as a result. And also being more virtual, I feel like, you know, I think everyone's a little Zoom tired. But this past year, I feel like I've made connections with people on a much easier, informal way because of the situation we're in. And it would have been so much more difficult for everyone to fly to one location. It probably wouldn't have happened. I mean, in one call, we had someone from New York, the West Coast, South Africa, and Canada, and it was easy. So I think those connections are happening because people want them, but also it's easier to make them happen. So interesting that you mentioned this whole virtual work because that was gonna be my next question is, so as much as what the brands and retailers are doing differently in terms of sustainability and omni-channel has changed, 
there's obviously this new way of working as well. And how has that impacted you guys? I, I miss seeing people. I mean, like physically, <laughs> you know, I definitely miss that. And, and I think a lot of our brands do as well. I'm looking forward to, to the time, obviously, when we can sort of start seeing each other again. But in, in terms of business, I mean, yes, I think we have to be a lot more creative now. We have to be a lot more creative with um, the way we work. So we're using a lot more of, of label view. Anyone actually know what label view is? It's a, a digital software to enable us to be able to show woven labels, you know, and all different sorts of uh, colours and, and, and fibres we use, etc. So it's, it's great. It's a way of being able to kind of show our customers how a woven label will look. And it's really, really realistic. And it means that we're saving time and also money and resources as well, which is very important to us and, and all of us, actually, uh, in, in not sort of sampling. So, yes, we have to be more creative in our presentations and, and looking at, at products and, and fabrics, etc. But I still think there's a sense that people want to still touch and feel. So I know that we are moving more digital. I, I know that brands are moving more digital just uh, before the pandemic or at least kind of on offset. I was talking to one brand who was saying that rather than have garments being flown over to the UK and then having the fit models kind of brought in, you know, somewhere in London, where it might be, and then trying on those garments. Instead, why not find fit models within those countries? If you're making garments in Bangladesh or in India or Mauritius, there probably are uh, people there that have the same sort of fits as, as whatever you're trying to kind of reach out to from the consumer base. So why not sort of do it there, which makes perfect sense. And then what they do, they have the buyer on a um, iPad, for example, sort of there and then sort of seeing what's going on and they can kind of make their, their comments and have things changed right there and then. So it makes perfect sense. But there's still a sense of people wanting to touch and feel. So I think we're definitely using more digital applications to help our customers. It, it actually means much more faster as well. It's kind of a speed to changing, uh, rebranding or any sort of new aesthetics. But at the same time, they want to touch and feel. But it's more considered. You know, nobody's sort of asking for 300 samples anymore. No, you're right. I'm, and I completely, completely agree with you with the fact that I'm missing to meet people as well. Right at the first lockdown we had in Germany, I was building up our showroom as a digital showroom. And I had so many digital meetings uh, with customers where I was able to present the whole range of ITL in our showroom via Zoom or Teams or I, I would say nearly every video conference system I have used in the past months. And no doubt. a great experience, actually. It definitely seems like there's a hybrid model of working that's coming along where we're seeing a mix of the digital and the physical world coming together. And so this hybrid model is exactly why RFIDS has become so important, because it has enabled Omnichannel the opportunity to buy in a hybrid way, click and collect, curbside pickup, etc. So this brings me on to my next question then. How permanent do you think this hybrid model of purchasing will last now that people can gradually start shopping in store again? Do you think there will be a change to the physical store to reflect this new hybrid way of buying? Are people going to be expecting more technologically advanced stores? I think it will be something in the middle because yeah. this touch and feel and as well, it's also the, with the meeting uh, of other people and working in the offices and all these things, the personal touch is missing a little bit. Like this meeting with in a shop and speaking to somebody who's selling the item and giving you the the samples what could fit to what and this is so important and the people who are working on the floors 
in the stores to to help the the other people. That's a part of the 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 shopping experience which I don't want to miss in future. I do agree with the hybrid for sure. It's a little bit of both for sure. I think so. We've always kind of concentrated on the retailers and brands and now sort of going online and, and working on that more sort of direct to consumer model. But we've got people like Amazon now going into stores. So we have Amazon Go. Um, they've opened up just here in the UK, which is obviously a, a grocery market. I've now just recently read that Amazon opened up a beauty store. And they're only going to be opening up for their um, Amazon employees currently. But they are going to be mixing that technology and in and, and a physical place um, together. So there's going to be more of these kind of hybrids, I guess. But you're right. Using technology is definitely the key. I, I went into, um, into Oxford Street last week, I think it was. And it's really surreal, actually. It was it was busy as if nothing ever happened before. But to be fair, it's like day two of the stores opening up. So everyone, all that pent up demand, people sort of going down and shopping. I spoke to some store staff. They were very excited saying how busy it's been. People were queuing to get in. I definitely sense that people miss that shopping experience. I can't imagine us kind of walking away from it completely. But, you know, like we said, it's going to be a hybrid. It's going to be a mix. But, but that shopping experience is everything. And I think if you loved shopping before, you're still going to want that shopping experience. And you just can't get that online. So I'm very much a hybrid hybrid in the way that I shop I like the experience of going shopping I like to try things on and touch etc but equally I will use online I've got two young children if I need to order something so obviously I'm working full-time then I can do it very quickly and I can get it the next day so it's just kind of using both really to to our advantages you know yes. absolutely you agree so much and actually this brings us back to the RFID labels and to the complete RFID system because only if you have a system which allows you that you always know what you have where on stock and what's left when the shop digital or uh, from the from the store level only by then you can really use the omnichannel i'm completely with you that we will have a hybrid solution that everybody saw now the benefits of buying online get it quickly get all the cross-selling details and the additional information on a product so if I just look to my showroom here and I see the nice, nice little screen where I can take a product, go towards the screen, and the screen is scanning the RFID tag on the on the item, and you directly have the screen experience which you which you know from home from your online shopping, and we bring this to the store level. This is again RFID an enabler to allow this omni-channel and hybrid solution in future. And I'm 100% sure that the customers will go back to the stores because the touch and feel is important, but they would like to, or would kind of probably expect the benefits which they all know from the online experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point, Stefan. And so trying to wrap it up a little bit, my last question is, is there anything that you're seeing that has nothing necessarily to do with, with the pandemic, but any trends that you're seeing at the moment that that that's worth mentioning about how customers are are behaving or what it is that they're asking from from us. I'd like to add that I feel a, I've been getting a lot of requests from customers or it just seems like we kind of always go back to more whimsical, joyful, comfort. It seems like that's what they're responding to, whether mm -hmm. it's in colors, messages to their customer or in packaging, direct-to-consumer packaging, it seems like 
people are looking for the lighter side of things. Yeah. And it, it seems like we're getting more requests for that. Like I had a meeting yesterday where the customer absolutely wanted sustainability, but they wanted things that were fun and mm -hmm. didn't sacrifice color or feel or aesthetics. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there, Laura. I, it's interesting, actually, because we went through a period where some of our brands were stripping back completely. Is anyone's really basic uh, craft boards, you know, your white, uncoated FFC boards, etc. And now, actually, I think they're sort of going definitely down more that route of still of wanting fun, playful, secondary use. They don't want to uh, to miss out on, on the colour and the textures and, and the feel. You know, um, if you think about that, that unwrapping or unpacking experience you get when you get anything you buy online is very, very important. So they want to make sure that it's still enhanced, but with sustainability under the umbrella. So that's actually quite exciting, actually. It's sort of like a new challenge for us. And I've really kind of enjoyed the journey so far. Yeah, it's like they want to speak to their consumer. And yes. even if it's just like a little saying on the package that you get, yeah. I mean, I know it makes puts a smile on my face or makes me feel good in that moment. And I think there, you're going to see more of that. Mm, definitely. Excellent. Well, everybody, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed this and it's been great hearing everybody's experience, although all very similar actually from around the world. So thank you again so much for coming on and I will wish you all a wonderful afternoon and, and day for you, Laura. Thank you so much. Nice catching up with you all. Take care, guys. Thank, Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.